I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program reality. Welcome everyone to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Johnny Android, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in the metaverse. Record our episodes live in all space every week. You can join us for free, even if you don't have a VR headset. Yes, it's true. Just log into Allspace from your laptop or PC in our event and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. We are also proud to announce that this show is now officially sponsored by From the Barrio Foundation, which is an uh, which is uh, uh, has a mission to inspire people to seek education and develop the skills to be successful throughout their lives. Please check out fromthebarrio.com for more. Uh, and we truly hope that you enjoy their content and uh, see what they're up to. As for today, you're talking to a group of highly gifted healers. Healer in particular will be on this stage. They are from all over North America, and they have taken to the metaverse to use their abilities to spread positivity in this new virtual medium. Your soul will be rejuvenated during this episode or your money back. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm emoji welcome for Angelic Healing's founder, Evan Tail Fox, a.k.a. Daniel. Where is he? Where's Daniel? There he is. Yes, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, John. Magically. It's great to be here. Yes, thank you for joining us from the ephemeral form, beaming into your, uh, your uh, I guess it's corporeal, but not really, a virtual form. And your corporeal is yet another plane of your existence. So, we are definitely hey. multitasking tonight. This is wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. We're happy to see some of your fellow healers here. We've got Dearest Fairy and Allison Gillian, Amberly, Bindi, uh, Veronica, a bunch of people. Uh, so you've collected around you uh, a bunch of really talented healers, and we're going to talk about that today. So thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, it's uh, we've we've had um, people uh, on the stage that have uh, dealt with uh, created worlds of, with chakras and have sort of had uh, divinity into them. This is a little bit broader than that. You you have I saw some chakra uh, lands and, and stuff that you talk about, but it it goes a lot further than that. Um, so we're going to get into all of that. Before we do, we we'll always love to start with the origin story in terms of. Uh, getting to know who you are, uh, maybe in your meat space form before you even enter virtual reality. So, uh, who is the Daniel that became Seven Tail Fox, and how did he find himself in the metaverse? Well, it was interesting. You know, I think my story really shadows a lot of people of how I actually entered into VR. You know, COVID changed the world for a lot of different things, um, and when the world shut down as far as traveling, um, I used to travel quite a bit for my business, not only all over the world, but all over North America as well. Um, and then we had to really do some regrouping fast and all of a sudden you couldn't drive, you couldn't fly, you couldn't go anywhere. So our company initially went all to Zoom and all on a, a digital platform that way. And it was great, um, but it was really only 50% of the way there from the way we were used to connecting with people. And I mean, you know, a video call or Zoom is wonderful, um, but a lot of times you end up staring at yourself on the screen or you get distracted by other things on the desk. Or if you have different workshops, it can be really tricky to keep people's focus within that or really truly connect with somebody in that that space. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been dating around with getting a VR system just for fun for a while. And I stumbled across the Oculus and I thought, you know what, why not? Let's give it a whirl and see what happens downloaded a, a few fun games and did the, you know, the beginner step and kind of got over the, the holy smokes and definitely don't like playing standing up, right? Figured out that I'm a sit down player really quick. 
um, and then found alt space. And then, you know, through that journey, I, I ended up in rec room, I think first, and then, you know, a little bit of horizons a little bit later on, but alt space was the one that really stuck for me. Um, and met some amazing people along the journey and some great communities here in alt space. And then decided to bring the rest of the group and my North American team anyway, into alt space as well, and encourage them to go get oculuses. And then we started to slowly transition from the Zoom platform over into AltSpace and started hosting events here and started world building within the space itself. So that's been, uh, yeah, now a couple year journey of that growing and developing and getting to know not only the community, but the, the platform itself and, you know, how to navigate that and set up events and build worlds and all those fantastic things. Right. And so when you say um, you're, when you were, had your business, is it a business, the business of healing or was that a separate business? No, no, it's the business of healing, angelic healing itself. Um, very much was right. a face-to-face business, right? Whether we're dealing with healing or coaching or teaching in those moments. Um, and then it had to transition somehow. And, you know, we all got locked up into, you know, our rooms and our houses. The, the ability to connect with people out in the world still was necessary. And the ability still to teach was necessary. So we had to adapt. Um, so then it was just a, a metamorphosis, which has been a really exciting to see that connection as well and seeing that grow even further outside of what we do normally face to face. Right. That's amazing that you're able to, um, you know, usually people here, this is, this is their side, this is their hobby. It's incredible that you've, you've actually have uh, angelic healing has been a business before and you're able to maintain it in here as well. That's, that's great. Oh, it's been wonderful. It really has. Yeah, I can't help but I, I also noticed your website was angelichealing.ca. Is that mean that you guys are generally from Canada or are you from Canada? Or uh, I know you said uh, yeah. all, all over North America. Yeah, I'm Canadian out on the west side and south in Alberta. Um, and then a couple of my other healers are Canadian as well. But then it's also U.S. So it's only the North American team that is here in alt space with me just for time zone um, ease, I guess, would be an e- easy way to say it. But I also work with people in Switzerland, Japan, Africa, and now Australia. Got it. Great. So you're going global. Yeah, no. So my my corporeal meat space form is also from Canada. So uh, we all got that in common. There we go. High five to the Canadians. I love <laughs> I it. I don't hear the accent yet, though. We'll, we'll no. get it out. We'll get you a few virtual cocktails and it'll start coming out. Fair, um, fair. <laughs> so, so then... Maybe you could step back a little bit and tell us, how did you get into the idea of healing? And um, yeah, talk us through that a little bit. Sure. My spiritual awakening started about a decade ago, give or take. Um, And I started, like a lot of people, to go through an awakening process or go through a, the world isn't quite like what we were taught it was. I started to explore different modalities and different religions along the way, and they're all wonderful. They, They truly are, Johnny. It's... You know, but I, I wanted to take a piece from this and a piece from this and a piece from this and a piece from this. And I, I really started to find that there wasn't a box that I could fit in. I could start seeing the truth within the modalities or within the religion and start plucking on those threads of truth within that tapestry. Um, and I wanted to create a space for people to be comfortable no matter where they came from as far as the background, whether they come from an organized religion status or whether they come from, you know, a very loose spiritual upbringing or whether it was an actual modality itself whether it's you know it doesn't really matter what the wheelhouse is i wanted to create a space where we could talk about the truth that we know to be true regarding and really move past the story and allow people to really foster that because i think a lot of people that explore their own spirituality or really explore 
what it is inside them. Sometimes when we get into the more organized religions or organized modalities along the way, the, most people will say, well, most of it makes sense. So it's kind of where I fit. Right. And I wanted to create a space where everything could make sense for somebody and allow that exploration and allow that freedom for them to come from any background. Like every one of my team across North America, or across the world, all comes from a different background. There's no set framework or formwork to say, well, they all came from religion or they all came from Reiki or they all came from, you know, a light worker, or, you know, a moon worker, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. They all come from different backgrounds. And it was only the space that we created that allowed them to foster and grow within that in order to really discover those hard truths that are inside themselves. Right. I, yeah, I always loved the idea of sort of uh, parsing together different aspects of, of religion. And, you, you know, I always uh, was attracted to the Baha'i faith for that reason. Sort of, uh, it sort of culminates together a lot of different uh, faiths. Um, Absolutely. Similar, yeah, similar to what you're talking about. Um, and then, so did you, um, did you, were you formally trained in any way or you just sort of inwardly found, uh, your, uh, spiritual compass and followed that? Or how would you say that? Went? Well, I tried for the formal training. Um, I tried to participate in a lot of different Reiki sessions and healing sessions, and a lot of things that drew my attention, but I found that a lot, I was already disregarding a lot of the story as we were starting to talk and asking a lot of the questions that a lot of people weren't comfortable answering. So mm -hmm. the, the true credential is, you know, a self-exploration or self-enlightenment and the things that I have proven to be true, or the things that I've, I've been guided towards in those moments. Um, those are really the things that have mattered to me along the way, because at the end of the day, even me and you sitting here talking, despite the credentials that I bring, whether it's inside of spirituality or inside the company that I currently work with, or the experience in my life past, if you don't find value in my words, or if the audience doesn't find value in my words in those moments, my credentials mean nothing, right? Really? Yet, if I come up here and even have zero credentials, but somebody finds value in my words, that's the most meaningful conversation that somebody can have. Absolutely, yeah. Then how did you go about um, attracting these other wonderful um, healers, that some of which are here and some of which are, are all through North America and around the globe? Well, it's always a funny story when we talk about, you know, what divine timing is, what divine intervention is, or how that, you know, serendipity of a, a meeting with somebody, mm. you know, whether it's a chat room or, you know, it's a chance meeting from this person to that person, or you like, you meet somebody, you have a conversation with them. They're like, oh, you have to meet this person. And all of a sudden you see that person and you realize it's so much more than just an offshoot. Um, I live my life in a, a state of being open to that, no matter who it is, right? Mm -hmm. So when I come across a person that really is looking for something new and looking for what's next in those moments, I really kind of open up the, the, the doors for them and say, well, where do you want to go with this? And how do you want to develop? Um, every single person that's on my team or here, here in Altspace with us tonight or on, you know, that works with me itself, I personally have worked with. So there is no offshoot or you know somebody else that has worked and then hired somebody else and hired somebody else so to speak everybody themselves has worked with me personally so i've been a part of not only their journey along the way but been able to assist them in moving some through some of the barriers that they've faced as well great got it um great well hopefully we'll hear from some of them as well as we go on um there's some really great uh poetic statements you make on your website i just want to be able to read one now and you can uh tell us a little bit about it. So 
says our healers have the ability to access divine light and acting as a conduit to pipe that energy into your body, either flush out the river of debris or to focus the energy on a single point most seen with trauma or injury. If you could talk to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of different um, ideas on how healing actually happens. And, you know, a lot of people have different words for the exact same thing. You know, we could start by really understanding the differences in the words and then keep dialing it in on how we actually do what we do in those moments. If we were on the stage here, if we were to draw a big number three on the stage, you know, you're on one side of the three and I'm on the other side of the three, you might see that the number three and I might see a handwriting E. If we had two more people up on this stage, the one might see a W and one might see an M. Right now we all have different perspectives of the exact same ink, or in this case, pixels that are drawn on this floor itself. It doesn't change the pixels on the ground. It, only the perception of what's on the ground has been changed in that moment. So if we talk about what actually occurs when we're dealing with divine light, you know, it's easy to say, well, it's God that heals right now. That's a very polarizing statement for some right now, whether you call it God or the universe or the source, those are all just different sides of the three. It doesn't change the three. Even if you call it the universe, it is what it is. Right. Only our perception of what that is, is what's changing in that moment. It still is coming from the same place, no matter what words you use. When a healer, you know, in really any modality out there, when a healer grabs onto somebody or makes that decision to do something a little bit different for that person or interrupt their normal cycle in that moment, they're acting themselves as a conduit, right? So they have what you would call a bigger pipeline to be able to move that light through their body and into the person itself. When we talk about the river that's inside of somebody, we're talking about the natural energy flow that flows through somebody from top to bottom with when we deal with emotional problems or we deal with blockages with inside somebody, sometimes, you know, if you think about that as a river, right, just as a, a rough analogy, sometimes some sticks or some rocks or some, you know, it could even be a fallen tree in that river can upset the flow of that. And we have the ability to change that or increase that light flow so much to the point that it's going to wash out those debris down the stream. Right now that's simply on an energetic level as far as talking about the river that moves through somebody. But we can also focus that to the point of changing something when we're dealing with trauma or injury or something like that, as far as taking away the pain, changing inflammation within the body, um, looking at you know muting or removing disease in those moments. So it really depends on the person that we're in front of and why. Right. Yeah, amazing. It's it's a chiropractor for the soul. That's, well, uh, I like that. That's a good one. <laughs> there I like you go. That. It's all yours. You could use that one. <laughs> but Perfect. No, it's, uh, you're making adjustments, right? But you're making them on a spiritual level, maybe some physical, but especially in alt space in the metaverse, it's going to be on a, uh, you're speaking to someone and their, their body isn't here. So you can't actually affect your body except through the spiritual means. Is, am I getting that right? Well, half and half, you know, the, the understanding and one of the really, the, the really neat enlightenments we've had coming into the virtual is how different it is to connect to somebody remotely compared to something off like Zoom. So if we use, you know, off of a Zoom or a video call, you're using my as that person as a target when I connect to them. So we're able to heal remotely or contact with them or remotely. Um, alt space is like that, but on, you know, steroids. I mm. was shocked when I first got in here and the original assumption was it'd be something similar to when I remote heal through video or through phone or, you know, something like that. 
Um, but it's so much more personal because the environment is so much more immersive in those moments. Mm. It's much, much easier for me to connect to somebody and it's much easier for them to connect back in those moments. You know, it really draws out the the distractions that are around us when we're just staring at a computer screen versus when we have a headset on and there's nothing else to stare at other than this interaction. And I think a lot of people that are within alt space, I think, have discovered that, especially when they're first new, that level of immersiveness, you know, even when you're bombing around the worlds or having some fun in, you know, like, uh, you know, the Daisy's Plank world or the, the old Beanstalk climb. I think a lot of people have come up on that and really surprised themselves on how real that can feel in those moments. Or even I had a really good laugh when I forgot what room I put my Oculus on. And I thought I was out in the living room or I was in actually in the office in that moment. I took my Oculus and I had a good laugh in the moment because it was silly. Um, but I completely disregarded the room that I was completely in other than the world that I was visiting in Altspace, which was um, a brilliant, brilliant feeling in those moments of how immersive this can be. Absolutely. And you can imagine as facial features become more um, realistic to our movements in our meat space bodies. And they're talking about this new Oculus Pro having more eye tracking. There's going to be uh, just more data that is be going to be conveyed from our physical bodies into our avatar bodies. And it's going to become more and more immersive. So we're just at the very, very beginning. And glad to have pioneers like you in here, uh, you know, exploring it all as we go. Um, that's a, a perfect uh, a segue probably to talking about some of your worlds, which were very impressive. I, there, there's a hub world that you have that is that a, it's like a tree of life or uh, that's that was my interpretation. And then around well, the tree of life are the, the roots that are all these different portals that you can go into these different experiences. I love that you picked up on that. It was this willow tree that I found, you know, just as an alt space asset or excuse me, a unity asset. And I'm like, I have to use this everywhere. It's such a beautiful tree. And then I started out with it, you know, a normal size tree. And then I started playing with it and playing with it and playing with it. And it just kept growing every time I went in there to tweak it. And then I kind of sat back and I looked at it and I'm like, huh. And exactly what you were talking about, the different portals underneath and all the different, you know, worlds that we can travel to. Um, it was just such a fun create that world and that hub. It was just, it just kind of created itself, to be honest with you. Right. Imagine. And there's quite a few worlds. We're going to not be able to go into all of them, but we'll go into a few. And I've got little sure. bits of video and some pictures. I'm sure you recognize this. We've got a swirling spiritual spheres of some kind. And this is uh, in, the, in, in a tower. It's a little bit of a trick to get to it. Uh, you yeah. gotta, you kind of have to climb up uh, and figure out how to get up there. And then once you get in the tower, you're uh, rewarded with this wonderful light show. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your inspiration behind this. Sure. This was um, the evolution of me starting to learn the particle generators within Unity. And, you know, it started out with the simple, you know, similar to the, the alt space tools where you have the leaves falling or the simple glowing dust and stuff like that. Um, but it changes fast here when you start to play around with those kind of things. And you're like, well, what else can I do? What else can I make it do? So that evolved into fireworks. And I started to learn how to fireworks after seeing one of Mirror's Worlds with the fireworks show. Mm -hmm. Um, and then that slowly learned into trails and that slowly learned into this. And then I started to learn how to affect into noise into this. And the idea is this is the old man in the mountain world. Um, and they can climb up in the tower and just have a little bit of peace in that moment. But there's, you know, that feeling of being surrounded by energy and that high color. And they can just have that space on their own where they're away from everybody. Most of my worlds have these little secret spaces, you know, that aren't maybe so obvious if somebody's just ripping through worlds or world hopping one night. But if they spend the time to look, like you said, and it, you know they got to climb for it, they got to earn it a little bit. 
Um, they can be a great, great event where you can just sit there and really go inside yourself. You can look at the sunset in the background there. You can look out at the waves in that world and just really draw on what's speaking to you in those moments. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, nice uh, sunsets in your world, soft light. And oftentimes you have ambient music that's playing that's very peaceful and tranquil, unless we go into some of the other worlds, which we, we will at a moment here. Um, sure. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really neat how you've sort of captured that feeling of peace. And yeah, this one has a little freneticism to it as well. Um, uh, but it all uh, adds up to a feeling of some kind of uh, spiritual guidance or awakening or something like that. So it's really neat. Great. All the worlds we've tried to keep a very spiritual theme towards them all are a place that, you know, the world could affect the person visiting it. You know, this the, the idea started with a lot of these worlds as you go through them with a content creators group. I got, you know, a chance to go and listen to a lot of industry professionals that are, you know, creating the big stuff that are in the movies or, you know, the animations up there. And some of the stuff that you already alluded to with the, the new Oculus that's coming out or some of the digital feedback or the actual biofeedback that is, you know, looking at coming into the to the virtual reality world has so much potential as far as being able to adapt or the world around us being able to adapt to how we feel. And that's been where I've taken a lot of these worlds is prepping for that kind of input and having the world to be able to change around the person depending on how they feel. The music will change, the lighting will change. Right, yeah. And I, I, I love that there's other worlds which we're, we'll get to here where you can choose uh, what feeling you're having. So, um, and if anyone sure. else, by the way, had, had any thoughts about these worlds or any experiences that you wanted to share or anecdotes or anything, let us know. Yes, even you, Cookie Fairy, and you, Divine D, and Amberly, anyone, <laughs> please feel free to use the raise hand option. We'll definitely call on you. Um, all right, so moving right along, we have this one, you know, as you were talking, uh, about this, these um, adjustments you can make, uh, the spiritual the chiropractor of the soul. I was thinking of alchemy, and this felt like sure. we were in an alchemy's, an alchemist den of, of some sort. There's, there's a, a sort of this, this wonderful ship that draws you to this world, and then you see fairies that greet you, and you can wander through this house. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your ideas behind this one. Yeah, this one is Avalon. So, you know, the mythical world of Avalon that's hidden by mist, where it's rumored that King Arthur is buried is where this started. Um, and this house became such a beautiful house to build and create and tweak um, that it just became like this secret laboratory, layer library. I'm not even sure what the word is I would use for it. It's so many things, depending on which floor you're on, um, where a lot of people have ended up just for a great conversation, you know, or a lot of people have just, you know, even to look at those books and all the books that are open, some of the books that are even open on the tables, you can read the pages and some of them are out of history and some of them are out of alchemical texts and some of them are out of spirituality, some of them are out of religion. It was just such a really cool build in those moments to play around with the different ideas and the, the different tools that were available for that. Um, but I wanted a place that was kind of secret that people could feel like they, you know, that ship that brings you into the dock in that moment, like you've had a journey to get to this place. And, you know, it's a place of knowledge and it's a place of, wonder maybe or a place of imagination where people can just get lost in a little bit of childhood fantasy maybe and you know start exploring the imagination because i think a lot of adults nowadays really suffer from the maybe it's more fear than anything else of dreaming right and just mm -hmm. getting lost in our dreams for a while and having a little bit of fun with it and you know pretending you're king arthur pretending you're you know one of his knights that's there to protect him or you know just to get lost within your own imagination for a while 
and having that secret or that safe place in order to do it, I thought would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And what a great place, uh, besides, of course, virtual reality, the metaverse, to be able to make our dreams come true and, and, and be Absolutely. inhabited. So uh, Absolutely. great. And I also I do love how, um, you know, talking about this sort of storytelling that you're doing, uh, these journeys that you're bringing people on not just a static world it's actually you know you're you're often there is a, a sandbox element where you can just go and explore uh, and sure. see what you find around the corners but there's also an element of you being you the storyteller drawing people into this tale and and into the imagination i guess great thank you and let's see we got another one here okay so this one you know i wasn't able to quite capture uh these four worlds and this uh, slide does not definitely not do it justice. It was one of my favorite worlds and it. You cover earth, air, fire, and water. And this is the sort of fire uh, area. And, um, you know, <laughs> in, order, in order to really capture this world, you would need to hear the, the music, the drums that are beating and the, the energy that is, is brought to the uh, visuals as the as the flames are, are sort of searing across the walls and you're walking down this uh this tunnel um so yeah uh, you know i wasn't able to quite capture it but um all the worlds were really interesting maybe you could tell us a little bit about those and what your inspiration was there sure well this one world is called the journey to the center of you now we usually use the elements to describe different parts of you i know there's a lot of tales out there and a lot of you know um correlation out there people you know i'm a fire sign i'm a water sign i'm this which is wonderful but i see the elements within everybody you know the fire is this one here itself is you know the power with inside of all of us you know what's deep down inside when we allow ourselves to shine you know that power that comes forward as well the water we always relate to emotions the air we always relate to the intellect and earth we always relate to our bodies um so there's different cues as you walk through these worlds i'm sure you saw those question marks and a little different you know, provocative statements to get somebody to think as they're traveling down to these worlds. And these were so much fun to build and so much fun to really kind of dive into. Um, and these are really four separate environments all in one world. So you use the teleport buttons to teleport across to these other things. The music is completely different. The lighting is completely different. Um, and it really kind of describes going within yourself, right? And because when you go in yourself emotionally, it's a much, much different experience than when you go inside yourself intellectually or when you're exploring your own body and your own stability and where you are is, you know, um, you know, what do you always say? The meat sack itself, right? That, that we're, we're hanging out in <laughs> right. meat space, meat space, um, you know, and really being able to touch that and realize that's tangible journeys with inside yourself and can be used with different levels and even being able to explore the relations between the elements and how they relate between, you know, how our emotions can be very destructive and, but our intellect can start to calm that. Right. And really, you know, the idea of evaporating the water with air. Um, whereas we, if we look at our emotions and look at them as a logical thing and actually able to be able to decompress them and unpack them, we're actually taking apart the water the same way air evaporates the water itself and be able to turn that river into, you know, a crashing river rather into a meandering river and be much more balanced in those manners. And the fire world, this one was such a cool one to build. And once I found that mm -hmm. track with the drums, like it just, it, the only place it could have belonged was in this world because it's such a powerful drum roll and you're walking down there. It's a little bit loud, a little bit overwhelming when you first get in there and that kind of fades off to just a campfire by the time you get into the end. And it was just a ton of fun to build for sure. 
that's the blockbuster. My other favorite one, of course, was I think Air. I love how you created this translucent ramp that kind of heads up into the sky and you almost feel like you're walking on the clouds and then you and you have these buttons along the way that give you a little bit of guidance in terms of how you should be thinking about what your experience is. And then you can move on to the next and the next and then finally you get up to essentially where you're in the clouds, right? And you can mm -hmm. uh, see over, out over everything and um, those are is really uh, effective effective use of the the tools that we have in here to sort of uh, showcase all these different uh, um, emotional um, dates. But absolutely, really great. absolutely. And that one was again, it was a little bit of fun and a couple of times, you know, easy tummy building that one, right? Because when you get yeah, all the right. uh, the clouds are spinning around you, the whole globe and the right. sky is spinning around you. It was only a lot of fun build but that one is really symbolic when somebody's locked in their head and locked in their thoughts you know despite the process of those question marks and those little sayings all the way up there about how to move them out to a healthy space but at the top of that platform when you know somebody's a little bit too much in their head or they're overthinking or they they've revved way up you know we've all had that point when we were kids where you ever run down a hill and you know that moment where you're now running too fast to stop safely i think everybody's experienced mm -hmm. that at least once in their life but being up on that platform and having everything spin around you, right? And feeling that feeling of, you know, maybe a loss of control in those moments or being too high or too long upstairs. Um, that was a really, really powerful one when I built that one. Yeah. I wonder, you know, as, as you're talking and we're talking about how all of your worlds draw you in step by step to this revelation at the end, I guess you'd say, you find that that's, Similar to when you're healing in the real world, it's, it's sort Absolutely. of you have to you you piece by piece need to you need to be given access to the person's insides, uh, spiritual nature or, or mind, and so unlocking doors along the way. Do you feel like there's a parallel there? Well, I, I there is, but I don't think it's what people think it is. When I'm healing a physical injury, that's a much much different scenario than when we're unpacking something that's maybe a bit of self created problems. You know, if somebody is fostering or the problems coming from within, you know, if we look at an anxiety problem or it doesn't mean that all anxiety by any means. Um, but if we look at a lot of the problems that are, you know, created or birthed with inside of us, we have to get to the root of the problem. I can heal somebody and I can change the way they feel in that moment. I can flood them with calming energy. I can bring them down a level. I do that in the hospital with the work that we do with our local hospital all the time. But if I don't get to the root of the cause... And that is going to be very temporary because all they're going to do is wind themselves back up or continue to fester on that problem. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people look at that as, you know, whether it's a permission or I need to be invited in in those moments. But I think the higher truth in that moment is getting underneath the surface and getting down to the cause, which of course takes permission and somebody that wants to heal when we're dealing with mm -hmm. trauma or baggage or anything like that, to, to dive in with them and make sure they have a safe place and, you know, surround them with that kind of love in those moments to be able to say, you know what, it's okay to unpack this and it's okay to look at this maybe a little bit differently or from what you taught or taught or maybe even from what you thought it was and move into a, a space, whether it's forgiveness or whether it's maybe able to look at it on their own or maybe they have a little bit of shame around this this moment. Um, those type of things can be quite drawn out depending on the person um, because it takes time and it takes patience and a lot of grace to work at somebody's pace along those lines. I can think of like Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung who would say that, you know, that 
myths and storytelling is like the dragon is not just a, a, an external dragon that needs to be slayed, but there's that inner dragon is blocking somebody from accessing the the gold within, the treasure within, or something like that. Absolutely, so, uh, it's, it's very psychological, and yeah, you can see how storytelling and, and psychology and spirituality are all interlinked, and uh, I can see that in your world here. So it's interesting. Um. Right, so this one is uh, also a very cool one, one of my favorites. I don't know what it means. I know there's some kind of some kind of message here, some kind of mythology that I'm unaware of. Um, well, you could give us a little hint here. Yeah, this rock used in a couple of worlds. In one of my other worlds, in one of our large worlds, the wood, this rock is actually a energy exercise for people. And this is such a cool rock. Um, this world started out as just a tester world, the sandbox world. When I really started to get into animations in the world, I needed a space where I could test some stuff out. I would bomb around to other worlds, see something cool in somebody else's world, and then go try to figure it out on Unity. Um, just full disclosure, I have zero programming background. So everything in mm -hmm. Unity that I've learned has been from Altspace and been from these wonderful creators that have you know, been willing to teach and tear open the doors. Um, so this started out strictly as a, a sandbox world that was never going to be published. Um, and I just kept playing with it and playing with it. And then I was walking through it one day to see one of the effects. And I'm just like, you know, this is actually a pretty good world. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, it's fun on this one, but it's completely by accident. Um, but this this stone itself, you know, comes from the old ruins and the handprint on the rock comes from a lot of old, old, old mythology. And, you know, all the way even back into caveman times, the the story of the hand carved on the rock has been through so many different cultures around. So it's not surprising mm. that you would see familiarity there because it, it is fast. Mm. Um, the colors in all the rocks, I use a lot of colors in my worlds and the, the particles that all swirl around the rocks. You know, I just really used it to describe the energy that flows around us every day. Um, whether we see it or not, you know, it, it's there. It's around every person. It's connected to every living thing on this planet. This was just a fun exercise and bring that more into the light for people where it was well, what if you could see everything that's around you you know what mm -hmm. if you could see the way the energy flows not only on this earth but through the people and the things there and that's kind of where that evolved from is the idea to make that swirl around the rock the way it is and you can't see it on this picture just the one um there's you know the three different pillars around everyone has a different color coming out of it and then underneath the yellows are coming up and then the lightning shoots out from the ground and you know his cloud also you know bounces off everything visually it's a lot going on in that world for sure um but it was just a, a, a super amount of fun to build i you know even by accident i tend to build worlds that have a spiritual theme or a connected theme or bringing people together you know connecting with nature in those moments so i it sounds like no, I know I recognize when I say those kind of things out loud, I pretty much trip and fall and make a spiritual world because I can't help mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. um, even on my test worlds, that's the way they end up looking. So it kind of has morphed over a little bit and some tweaks and some some fun excitement for that. Um, but I always love the old ruins and the way that's always been carved into rock. And the, the idea even that Hollywood has taken the energy that pulls up through the rocks and, you know, you see the runes glowing in the movies on the rocks and that's a symbol of mm -hmm. power and energy. Um, I think that symbol, though, says a lot to a lot of people because they recognize that it's there. This gives them permission to see it. Mm. Absolutely. And there's also other parts of the world. I love the I love the waving flowers, by the way. But then there's other parts of the world where there's this 
a mysterious tower that is uh, attached to a, <laughs> a, a pulley system or a lever system? Is that just something you're having fun with, or is there something deeper going on there? Well, the the animations were the 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 water wheel that's turning that moves the other wheel that moves the the shaft and all these other wheels that finally turn the tower. That was the the fun and the, the challenge. The animations to make all that work together. So originally it was just a large disc that was turning. Mm. And then I'm like, well, what could I put on this large disc? The moment I decided to publish that world, I'm like, well, obviously a tower because I love castles. You see castles in a lot of my worlds are the old medieval style kind of place to go. So I threw a castle up there to see if that would work. And then that kind of became a lot of fun for people. And it was really world hoppers once I made it public that kind of discovered that you could get into the tower because I figured it was big enough. Nobody could jump up in there. Um, but leave it to somebody that, you know, is ambitious and finds the colliders and trees and somebody will get right. up in there. Because right. most of my worlds, the flies turned off, um, which I know mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot right. of, you know, unpopular feedback because everybody wants to fly around the worlds. But I really want to push people to explore and find all the Easter eggs because there's Easter eggs in every one of my worlds. Right. Um, so they found out that you get up to the top. So that's a pretty cool feeling to have that tower revolve around you as you're up there, which just turned into a, a bunch of fun as well. So we had to set the top of the tower on fire after that. And it just kind of was this hodgepodge of evolution in this one world. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The other world where that, I love the lake world where you, you have to kind of scramble up the rocks you get up to the, the, the um, drawbridge up there, whatever is it, uh, in the flank, and you see a little chihuahua there to, to greet you before you dive <laughs> into the lake. And I was like, oh, you must have grown up around lakes or something because it felt like, oh, this is such an experience of youth. It just reminded me of being a kid and like finding a dock to jump off of into a lake or something like that. Yeah. Well, the dock for sure is. Um, that one itself, I'm not sure if you have a picture of that one on here at the lake or Don't, not. yeah. Um, that one actually used to be our after event world. So the lake mm -hmm. is one of the ones that I commonly use in my meditations. So we also host guided meditations that we offer people for free. Um, and the lake is a very common one that a lot of people love. It's a quick toolbox one that people use for anxiety or when they're first starting out learning how to meditate. Um, so everything other than the dock and the chihuahua on the one side is my vision of the lake that I describe within my meditation. And that's where that one came from. Um, but we, after all of our events, we used to always hop to a different world. So everybody can have a more personal conversation and people could ask questions mm -hmm. and we could dive into some probing questions for the actual audience. We bring the whole audience with us to this world after, and it was a lot of fun where we'd split off into different groups and people would go chill out in the lake for a while, or people would go up to the campfire site or just have some fun and jump off the lake and you'll discover the crocodile under the water when they splash through the water. Um, so that used to be a part of our event cycle itself. And then it's kind of grown legs on its own. And, you know, people have loved that world ever since. And so it's not like I can touch it now. So it's just been its own little entity. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I've got one other world here. Uh, I had to you know, choose from all of the treasures and I thought it was <laughs> fitting to end on this meditation retreat world. Um, mm. we've got all of these different types. Uh, this is what I alluded to at the beginning where you have if you have something that you want to explore, you can choose which one to explore and you can go into these little orbs and then within the orbs, you can click on YouTube videos that will play videos. Um, maybe you could tell mm -hmm. us a little about that, about this and what we'll find in the orbs. 
Yeah. So each orb is, you know, um, it's hard to read on the slide, um, but each orb has that specific, all my meditations are set up as toolbox meditations. So if somebody's looking for something to do with their chakras, it's right there. If somebody's looking to deal with anxiety, it's right there. Depression, shame, sleep, pregnancy, all the way across the board, everything is set up very toolbox for somebody. Most of my meditations run in the 20 to 30 minute mark. So it's very easy for people just to unplug for a short amount of time. They don't have to worry about an hour or two hours or trying to find that kind of time. So this was the, the start of the meditation journey here in Altspace where we wanted to bring something into the virtual environment. Um, I'm not a huge fan of meditating in the Oculus because we teach people to go inside and sometimes the Oculus can remain that distraction and keep you peripherally outside. Mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to build something on this platform where people then could unplug and if they needed a moment to go close their eyes for a while or, you know, have a, a brief moment. Um, because there seemed to be a hang up when we first met some people in here of saying, well, just go to the YouTube channel. And the question always came back, well, is there anything in here? Is there anything in mm -hmm. here? Is there anything like these other apps? Is there anything? So I decided to bring at least that in there, which then has evolved. I'm not sure if you had a chance to go through the experience world. Um, the experience is the evolution of this, where then it's a guided meditation in the world and the world animates around you as per the meditation. Um, right. so it's a very much a, you travel down a track right. and, you know, start mm -hmm. to finish. Um, but I wanted something where somebody could have some quick access to the meditations off of YouTube and they could jump in here at any given time. Um, and if they wanted to unplug for a while, or if they were feeling a little bit stressed and they just wanted to kind of maybe between events, even, or between world hopping, if they found themselves in an anxious environment, they knew they could jump over to here, jump on the anxiety meditation, you know, decompress a little bit and then carry on and, you know, meet up with their friends and carry on from there. So I, again, I wanted to make a space for people that could really design for what they need in that moment. Yeah. That's great. Cause you, you can. Yeah, if you're feeling anxiety, you go in and you can uh, click on the YouTube link and then you can watch a, a 10 minute video that kind of calms you and, um, you know, hopefully will alleviate some of the anxiety and then you can uh, hop to another one if you wanted to. But uh, it's sort of an all purpose uh, world of, you know, uh, it, I think there's a shocker one too, right? So you get to, you mm -hmm. get to hop uh, into different world events. Um, mm -hmm. Cool. So, yeah, and we've got some of your events, but uh, if anyone wanted to add something or let uh, or, or or ask a question, I'm sure you uh, are East Seven Tails Box all the time. But um, yeah, time is drawing near, so uh, use the raise hand option; it will definitely call on you. But you do have some events, um, many events all throughout the week. Uh, one of them is called Enlightened Entanglement: What We Cannot Face. There's any, many of these um, different options. Um, so do you hold these events in here? Do you hold them in Zoom, uh, in the real nope, world, we, all over the place? All these events are in Altspace. Um, we've moved, we've completely gone away from Zoom now. Um, and all mm. our events are here in Altspace. Then we usually supply the recording on Facebook afterwards and they can watch the replay afterwards, less the question period after. And now with some of the events, we are um, tearing out the audio section and moving those into podcasts as well. Um, so we're trying to cross platform a lot of things along those lines. Um, this one, especially enlightened entanglement started out with me and my daughter, um, divine D up there is my daughter. Um, oh, we have I these mean, amazing conversations all the time, whether it's in public or with around other people. And we dive into things pretty deep, pretty quick. So it was Dana's idea that we bring this into alt space and have these conversations in front of people, which then involved into involving the audience in the conversation. What we cannot face is the one we just had tonight before this event. 
Um, and we really dove into, you know, what's beneath the surface. Why do people disassociate? Why do people push things away? And how do we deal with those things that we cannot face or we're unwilling to look at? Um, so it's a wonderful event in enlightened entanglement. It's me and Dana up on the stage. She gets to ask me questions all the time and how I approach different people on different topics and stuff like that. And it's just this really solid performance. Well, not even performance. I think that's the wrong word, but, um, it's completely unscripted, but it's such a heart to heart moment that involves an audience. Right. So it's always been a lot of fun. And I hope everyone out there uh, who isn't in virtual reality yet heard the words here. The only way you could be healed now is in the metaverse, guys. This is this is the place <laughs> where we're at. So if you're not in here, get in here. I'm into the metaverse. <laughs> everyone That's used right. to think that this was the ultimate in artifice. And now it's becoming the ultimate in authenticity. Isn't that an interesting twist? <laughs> great. Um, all right. And then uh, one other one I, I plucked out here, uh, Soulful Sundays, Breaking Through the Fog. Uh, sounds like a great way to spend a Sunday. How long do these events go and what would you cover on Soulful Sunday? Well, we usually target, um, Soulful Sundays is a little bit different. So Soulful Sundays is split up between the North American team where the different members take different times to highlight different subjects. Um, most of our events run 20 minutes to half an hour, give or take, and then after sessions are so really depending on the audience. Um, and everybody gets on stage different times. It's not always me up there talking. Um, most of the time it's the team up there talking, which is wonderful. Um, soulful Sundays are usually very topic specific. So we've done awakenings, we've done gifts, we've done healing, we've done really kind of laser focused topics where it's more of a presentation style event. Whereas the Thursday night events like enlightenment entanglement or deliberations with D, um, they're a little bit, none of those are scripted. Right. It's a, more of a Q&A format and the deliberations with D is where Dana has a couple of members of the team up on stage. They have no clue other than the general topic of what she's going to ask. And then she just starts pummeling them with questions. Right. And asking them to react in the moment to the questions and how they would interpret that or how they would handle that or their own opinions on that. And it becomes a very authentic space for people to come and witness along those where the Soulful Sundays one are much more of a presentation and we have a more of a a teaching guideline of step-by-step -step where you where we've done a meditation section on how to get started with meditation and what are the processes and doing that so it's much more of a teaching format on sundays and thursdays is usually more of an open format conversation style Got it. and i guess people if they go to traditional church are used to having a sermon on a sunday so it's kind of fitting i suppose that's that's sure sermon day. absolutely yeah um Cool. So what I'm I'm really curious about is where you think this is all going and where uh, you have plans to go with angelic healing. So in how do you see the this practice evolving in the metaverse and how are you going to continue to use these tools? Oh, I for me within this company, virtual reality is now a permanence. Um, now that the world has relatively opened up, I mean, we we are back to face to face contact or direct contact with people, which is wonderful. Um, the work that we do inside the hospital as well, I see, you know, I've even started to push the virtual reality into for patients and long-term patients. They now use virtual reality in our burn unit as well, um, which is great for patients to unplug, which is a phenomenal thing to to bring into the, the medical realm as well. Um, and just a little bit of fun. There's a whole bunch of studies on this as well, um, especially with the burn victims, which tend to go the first um, to approach anything that will help when they're doing dressing changes or things like that. Um, when somebody's in a mask in those moments and they're keyed into what's going on in the virtual environment, the pain meds are cut by 90% when they're doing dressing changes. 
And rather than them being aware and in that moment watching those dressing changes, it's phenomenal, the technology mm. and, you know, what bringing somebody out of their body, their physical body, can actually do for somebody in those moments to help manage a lot of that. With us mm. as a company, the ability to connect or even, you know, like a show like yourself, Johnny, that, you know, we can not only cross platform, but get to know each other and, you know, experience this where then you're able to highlight things from what we do. And I'm able to highlight things from what you do and have that connection in a central space, you know, where people are able to socialize and able to be comfortable in those moments and be able to quote unquote, get out of their house without leaving their house. Some of the bigger companies we see picking up on virtual reality is a really good showing that, you know, it's around to stay for sure. And it's becoming more and more popular as the days go on, you know, whether we're all pioneers here currently, um, where this is going is very, very exciting for us. And, you know, it even allows my team to operate as, you know, a Congress in that moment where my team can then get together and help somebody, you know, whether we have somebody from Wisconsin and somebody from Spokane and somebody from Alberta, all in the same world, helping the same person that couldn't be done in the physical environment. And where if they know that, you know, Emily specializes in dreams, right? So if they need to involve Emily in that moment, it's a quick text message. She can jump on virtual reality instead of jumping on a plane. Right. So we find it a huge benefit to, you know, and it's definitely a permanence with our company itself as an addition now. Um, but it, it's very exciting to see this unfold in front of everybody and where we're all going and where we're taking that and how that's really shaping even the way we socialize with people. It's been a pretty exciting, you know, not only to witness it all unfolding, but also being a part of it unfolding and helping create the way we want it to work as well. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, there's the technology that people are talking about is these haptic suits where if someone touches mm. you in VR, you'll be able to feel them in the real person. Do you think that that will be uh, an added benefit to physical healing or do you think that will be a hindrance? Um, no, I don't think it'll matter either way. I think the people that love to feel energy, right, will feel energy. I think it'll add to it as an immersive environment more than anything. Um, when one of my team members connect, like we, every once in a while, we do energy circles in here where we open up kind of the doors and people, if they want to come experience healing in uh, virtual reality, they can come hang out for a while. There's usually a short talk about the explanation of what's going on. Then they take moments with different members of my team. They can go off to a private platform, experience what it's like to, to feel that energy, especially remotely. And that's a ton of fun. Um, it won't change what's being done in the moment, the haptic suits. But I think it just expands that immersive environment for that person a little bit more. So whether, you know, my, one of my team members is holding somebody's head is a little harder, but if they're touching their shoulders or they're touching, you know, their chest in that moment, you know, to have that extra immersive benefit, I think just centers that person. Oh, um, oh it makes sense. Um, so I wonder if you have any plans for your personal self. So uh, have you been, uh, all these worlds that we talked about today, were you the world builders of those or did you have? I am. Uh, you were. So do you have any worlds that are coming that we could have an exclusive, uh, you know, drop here today where you, you can tell us what the next world's coming up is or? Well, uh, um, yes and no. So okay. um, the, the experience world has been the interest for me. The, the, evolving meditation within the virtual environment. We have a couple of worlds that are just being plunked in a couple new event spaces and stuff like that, just because we're still working through some audio glitches. I always want to put everything I can into an event space, but as you know, that sometimes takes away from the audio or it takes away mm -hmm. from the glitchiness. So that's a little bit of a balance. And I know I'm being a little bit greedy with some of our event spaces because I like the trees and I like the nature and 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always something in the works, Johnny, as far as what's coming down the pipeline. And it's usually inspired by a lot of what's needed. Um, in the woods, that uh, the last picture that you showed with the angel. Oh, no, that was mm-hmm. the meditation retreat. The other picture with the woods with the angel. Um, it's there's an energy stone in there, which it was a bit of an experiment for me, you know, attaching my energy to objects. People have known that's been able to been done for many, many years. But in that world of the woods, I I did it to a digital um, space. So there's that rock in the middle of the woods. And there's a little sign on there for about, you know, if somebody's sensitive to energy, they should ground themselves before they touch the rock. Um, But when you touch that rock, you'll actually be connected directly to my energy in that moment. And that was a very exciting experiment for me along those lines to be able to create that in a digital space um, and have people's feedback along the ways that, you know, what that meant to them in those moments. So I think the the evolution of that really centered around energy and really centered around connection with people will be the next evolution of the worlds for sure. Um, but as far as the current builds, there's nothing that I'm really ready to divulge at this moment. But there's always something in the works. Hopefully people who are listening to this or watching on YouTube will get the energy through the voices and through our, our visuals. Um, uh, so, okay. So any, any final thoughts here? Anyone want to jump in? How's it going, uh, Bishop Allison Abrams? Um, if not, and um, how can people uh, get in touch with you? And if they want to be healed, if they want to be healer in your uh, sphere of healers, how can uh, they reach out to you? Well, in alt space, it's pretty easy to find us around here quite a lot, right? Whether it's directly through the channel of Angelic Healing. Um, the rest is through the website, angelichealing.ca. Um, and the links to the podcast and all our socials are right on the, the website as well there. If they want to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, all the good stuff that goes on or around the socials themselves. Um, we're pretty easy to be found if somebody's looking. But yeah, in, in the metaverse itself here, we're only in alt space as far as what we do here for so definitely get on alt space and come have some fun and you know, come meet one of the team or come meet myself for sure. Happy to meet you. Oh. Well, that's great. So so thank you so much. Uh, you know, Seven Tailed Fox. We we're really happy to have you. I had a great time exploring your world and just sort of being caught up in the journey of, of each of those worlds and the experiences and uh now it's great to meet you and have you on stage here today. So thank you for coming. Well, I appreciate you opening the doors for me, Johnny. This has been a wonderful experience. Thanks. Cool. Well, thank you, um, everybody, for teleporting in to this WorldCast of Simulation Nation. Whether you're with us in virtual reality like these folks, listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube at The Simulation Nation. Remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, and our Discord server. Then join us. Uh, next week uh, for our episode about the power of community with City Girl. Till then, stay plugged, my friends. <laughs>